Welcome back to another episode of the Armchair Managers podcast. Now, we usually try and keep you up to date with the latest football news, but there isn't really much, is there, Dan? No, uh, like you said, it's been a bit of a weird, quiet week, so I think we'll try something a little more uh, different this week. Yeah, so having said that, we will, of course, be looking forward to the Champions League fixtures and how we think those teams do, but first... We're going to take on a bit of a viral football challenge. We're going to try and make a Premier League starting eleven using one player from each team. This was tricky, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was something I was thinking about in the week. and I don't know. I think it makes it a bit more interesting than your, your standard Premier League eleven, you know, which is usually just a Man City eleven plus a couple others. Yeah, it's you know it, it's frustrating because you think of one player in a position and then you remember they've got another world-class player in that team it's like oh but I want him who do I put here you know you think of form over the season rather just technical ability and it's it's really really surprisingly tricky I think we were you know we were discussing it before the podcast and just chopping and changing players all the time yeah yeah because it makes it interesting because it uh, for me anyway it wasn't just the best player from each team it was kind of like well I need a centre-back that's this good but that means I can't use like a left winger from that team, which is arguably yeah. their best player. So it makes it a lot more interesting. And um, and then you got to think about injured players as well. Um, I think my centre back partnership are both injured for quite long term injuries. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Oh yeah, certainly. And before we get into it and reveal our teams, if you aren't following us on Twitter, please do so and let us know your teams. The Twitter handle will be available in the description of this podcast, so let us know what you think of our teams, let us know yours, and we'll hope to see you over there. Uh, without further ado, Dan, do you want us to take us straight in with your goalkeeper? Yeah, um, it's considered quite a few options for this. Um, you know, I think that the Wolves goalkeeper, Ruth Shushio, was in there for quite a while, Casper Schmeichel was in there for a little bit, but in the end I've gone for um, Nick Pope from Burnley. Okay. Uh, you know, I think he's maybe not actually having as good of a season as he has recently, but I still think he's a, a really solid goalkeeper. And you go back a couple yeah. of weeks when Burnley beat Liverpool at Anfield and he was man of the match. I think he, on his day, is one of the best keepers in the league. Yeah, and certainly, you know, in the England squad as well, in and out of it, not quite in a starting role, but you think with a shaky form of Jordan Pickford, you'd think that he's probably going to be up there. Dean Henderson not going to get a lot of game time at United. Yeah, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him at least sort of number two at the Euros, I think. Yeah. See, in contrast, I've gone for Martinez from Aston Villa. Yeah, I think that he's a very good goalkeeper. Um, yeah. I've gone with someone else from Aston Villa, which is probably why I didn't use him. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's a really solid shout as well. Yeah. I mean, he played at a just weekend, just gone, or he made something like nine ten saves you know kept villa in in the game that they were terrible when they played at so poorly and he you know he got man of the match clean sheet like say nine nine maybe ten saves and he's you know he's looking like such a better player since he left arsenal yeah yeah i think even you know when he was playing for arsenal uh, back end of last season you could see that he's a really quality kind of stop shopper uh oh sorry shot stopper not a, not a stop yeah. shopper that's something completely different um but no, definitely. I think for a team like Aston Villa, you've got to have a keeper that is capable because they're going to face a lot of shots. You know, that's just yeah. they don't have the quality at the back as a lot of other teams do. And I think he's yeah. been really good from this year. And definitely, I think he's a shout for being up there for one of the better keepers in the league. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Uh, moving on then swiftly to your right back. Who'd you go for, Dan? Uh, we spoke a little bit, a little bit about the right backs um, before we started recording. I thought about a lot of different ones. Um, Tarek Lamperty would probably be my second choice, um, but I've actually gone with Reese James from uh, Chelsea. Okay. I think for me, I think well, he's just a very good right back, but I think he's yeah. sort of an all-round right back. You know, he's good going forward, decent at the back as well. I think, I, I think when you see the, the whole team, it'll kind of make sense because it's quite a athletic kind of physical team. Yeah, I mean. In contrast, well, not so much in contrast, so same thinking, but a different player. I thought I want an all-rounder, someone who's quite good in defence, but can also get forward well. And I could have gone for East James, but instead I actually chose, it's a bit of a risky one. I went for Tarek Lamptey from Brighton. I know he's not played in the tightest defence this season, but he's, he looks like a really talented player. And he's defensively capable and quite good at getting forward as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we've spoken a lot about him on this show and I'm certainly a big fan of his. And like I said, if I hadn't gone for James, I probably would have gone for him, especially because he's at a club like Brighton where I don't think there's really anyone else from that squad that I'd want. No, I, you know, maybe you'd pick maybe Lewis Dunk or Neil Mope if you really were short of options. But Yeah, I think, I think no. there's just so many better players you could pick, but... Yeah, I think yeah. Lamptey's definitely a good shout. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, you know, so it's, it's probably, I would say in my team, he's probably the weak link, but, you know, still a talented player. It's, it's you know, be harsh to say it's a weak link. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, so who have you gone with um, for your first centre-back? First centre-back, I don't think you could look past Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. I, Best centre back in the league last season. Um, the difference he makes to a team, we were seeing it with Liverpool at the moment. No Van Dyke, and they look shite. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really tricky to pick any other Liverpool player because you can, you can have dynamic attackers. You know, you could have picked maybe Salah or Mane on the wings, but you know you can replace those positions with. Uh, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, Raheem Sterling. Um, so those players are replaceable, where I think the difference Van Dijk makes to a team is irreplaceable. Yeah, no, I I, I agree completely. Um, I mean, technically I had him down as my second centre-back, but I'll I'll move him up for the for the sake of this. And yeah, I, I went with Van Dijk as well. Um, for all the reasons you said, I think even though he is out injured, you've, we've all seen his impact this season. Because he's injured, you know, Liverpool are such a worse team without him. And yeah. I think they really need him back as soon as possible. And I think, I think again, yeah. you know, he's quick, he's he's athletic, he's tall, he's good on the ball. He's kind of the all-round centre-back that every team would yeah. want. And he's a leader as well, you know, on and off the pitch. Yeah. And I think Liverpool have definitely missed that kind of organisational abilities as well. Yeah. Do you think that... How much of a difference do you think he would have made to Liverpool this season? You know, they had obviously had a lot of injuries. It's not just him they're missing out on. But do you think that it's they would have had the same issues without him? Or do you think they possibly may have still had some issues coming down that left-hand side? Because he played, I believe he played against Villa in that 7-2 thrashing. And he still got, you know, 
just defense didn't still didn't look solid at the beginning of the season when he was fit. Yeah, no, I, I think um, they would still have had issues, like you said. I think you look at the Villa game and sure, you know, you can go. That's just a one-off crazy game, but I think their issues kind of go deeper than that. I think a lot of players are not just injured, but I think fatigued as well. You know, they're they're tired both physically and mentally, and I think even with yeah. a fully fit Van Dyke. You know, I don't think they would have gone on to win the title or anything. I think if he's in there, maybe top four becomes a lot easier. I know there's yeah. still kind of question marks about can Liverpool actually get top four this season? And I think if he's fit, yeah. then they almost certainly do. But yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit up in the air. But I don't think yeah. his one injuries cost them the title. I think they've got you know bigger issues than that. Yeah. Who have you got partnering him then? Well, I've got another kind of injured player. Uh, a new player to the Premier League, and I've gone with um, Fofana from Leicester. Oh, okay. Again, like I say, he's currently out injured. Um, ironically, you know, Liverpool and Leicester played each other on the weekend, and both their kind of best centre-backs were out injured. But um, yeah. kind of similar to Van Dijk, I think he, you know, he's quick, he's quite physical. Um, he's not as good as Van Dijk, but um, I think he's got really he's good still attributes. Young. Yeah, he's yeah. still young. Yes. And we, you know, we've we've talked about him before on the show, and yeah, he's been massively impressive, isn't he? I think he was bought in as a development player. They wanted to develop him. Maybe we've seen break him into the first team, sort of towards the end of the season and next season. But with injuries to Kaglar Soyuncu, he was he had to go to the first team, and he really stepped up. Yeah, he has. Yeah, and that's kind of why I put him in because I was just so impressed when I saw him play. You know, he looks like a top player kind of surprising that you know a lot of the other maybe quote-unquote bigger teams uh didn't go in for him but um yeah. i think it's another testament to how good leicester's recruitment policy has been you know he looks really good already and he's only going to get better yeah yeah i mean i've gone for gabriel from arsenal yeah um he probably would have been my third choice um yeah i'll be honest there was a point where i realized i'd forgotten to put any liverpool players in and I had Gabriel instead of Van Dyke, but uh, <laughs> obviously I I I realised um, that I should probably change that. Yeah, I mean he's another player who's done really well since coming to the Premier League. It's obviously Arsenal's form as a team has been a bit rocky, but that's I I've been reasonably impressed with him. Sort of defensive mistakes have come from David Luiz mostly, or the fullbacks, and I, I think when you're sold down the river like he has been, it's very difficult to put the blame on blame solely on him. And yeah, he's made some mistakes throughout the season, but every player will. And I think, you know, we don't see as many mistakes from midfielders or forwards like that because they don't lead to goals. So a defender's mistakes become a lot more obvious. So I think it'd be unfair to judge him on that, hence why I've gone for him in the team. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. Like I said, he definitely would have been my third choice. Um, I, th I think he is a really good player. And I think Arsenal have got a player again, a bit like Fofana, that maybe they didn't expect to come in and be a starter and be as good as they were. And they maybe expected yeah. to be kind of improving over the next couple of years. But no, I, I think he is good. And he's definitely been one of the brightest parts for Arsenal this year. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see what would happen if they perhaps paired him with William Saliba as well before they let him go on loan to Nice. Yeah, well, I think that probably is the future for Arsenal. Um, assuming, yeah. you know, Saliba or Saliba, I don't know how you pronounce it, where um, if he can kind of sort out his issues with Arteta maybe and actually get some game time, I think that yeah. could potentially be a really good long-term partnership for Arsenal. 
Yeah, and it, it it's got the potential to be solid, doesn't it? Yeah, because they're both quite, um, like you said, solid defenders. You know, that's kind of a, a random word that people always use for football. And uh, it doesn't really mean yeah. anything, but everyone knows what it means. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're both solid, you know, quite physical. And I think both good on the ball, which will really yeah. suit a, an Arteta side. Yeah, and they, you know, they've got the tactical awareness to cover the space in behind the other, I think, when their partner goes up to... You know, maybe steps up to attack the ball. You know, there's sort of two types of defenders, really. There's, you know, some players with less pace tend to let the, let the ball come towards them with the ball carrier and then try and get it on the ground, where there's some defenders who love to step up and attack the ball before it gets into a danger zone. And I think they could work well as a partnership, as sort of a one and one. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, 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 like you said, I agree with all that. But of course, we have to move on to the next position now, as much as I'd love to sit here and talk about the in-depth, or rather lack of in-depth knowledge I have over the position of centre-back. But left-back, <laughs> left who have you gone for? Uh, I've gone with um, Luca uh, Digne, or how do, you, how do you actually say his name? Digne, isn't Digne, it? Digne, yeah. Um, I, I realised I, I know how to say it, and then as soon as I actually attempted to say it, the, the word wouldn't come out properly. <laughs> um, anyway, I digress. Um yeah, I think um, he's a really good left back, um, attacking left back. He's really good at you know getting down the wing, getting the crosses in, and um, I, you know I probably would have gone with Andy Robertson, but because I had Van Dijk centre back, I couldn't do that. And I think he's kind of the second to um, to uh, Andy Robertson right now. Yeah, I mean I've also gone for uh, Luca Digne as well. Um, yeah, he's he's been you know he's always contributing to Everton's attack. Um, and he's looked, the whole Everton defence, in fact, has looked a lot more solid under Ancelotti. Um, and Digne is one of those players that, you know, has really benefited from Ancelotti's presence at the club. He's, he looks so much better. And, he, you know, he's re- removed errors from his game. Um, and I think he's turning into, yeah, what well, like I say, one of the top uh, left-backs in the league. Yeah, I think I was reading he's got something like six assists in 13 games or something crazy like that this season. I know he's had like one or two injuries, but um, yeah, I think he is definitely developing a lot. And uh, Was he at Barcelona earlier in his career? Yes, yeah, I believe he did get a, he did have a move out to Barca. Yeah, and you can kind of see why, because he's definitely got that kind of quality that they look for. Obviously, they've had, you know, Jordi Alba for many years, who's a brilliant left back. And yeah. you can definitely see he's in the same kind of mould of that. Even if he's, you know, probably not as good as uh, Jordi Alba was. No, he's he's not quite on that level. But I think, you know, Jordi Alba set a very high standard. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For a number of years. Um, moving on to the midfield, then I'm assuming we're both playing a four-three-three. Yeah, I'm playing a four-three-three with uh, one holding midfielder and two in front. Yeah, I've I've gone for ex- exactly the same formation. So, uh, we'll get into the holding midfielder. I've gone for Wilfred and Didi from Leicester. Yeah, um, a good shout. Um, I think if I hadn't gone with uh, Forfana, he probably would have been my shout for CDM. Um, yeah. yeah, again, a really solid, I think, all-round midfielder. Yeah, he, he you know, positions himself well. His tackling ability is great. His forward passing as well, working as a pivot point in attack, is you know, I think he's brilliant at. And, you know, Leicester are up, I believe they're second in the league at the moment. Um, 
and you know Rogers has done fantastically well at Leicester, and one of the sort of standout players has to be Wilfred and Didi. Yeah, yeah, they've done brilliantly, and um, I think he, like you said, he's a real key part to that Leicester midfield, and really allows their kind of attacking players to flourish. Yeah, he, he does. He does that sort of dirty work at the back that allows you, you know, the more technically technically gifted attacking players, you know, Harvey Barnes, James Madison, Vardy, even allows the wing backs um, like James Justin before he got injured to join in the attack because they've got that cover behind them. Um, and yeah, a key component for Leicester. Yeah, definitely. He's one of those players where you think of someone like, you know, a club like Manchester United, where every week they seem to have to play Fred and McTominay as defence midfielders, where you think if they had someone like Ndidi, they could play him and then like Pogba and Bruno in front of him. You know, I think he is that kind of player that a lot of top clubs need. Again, you think of, you know, Fabinho at Liverpool, you know, how much good work he does for them. And I think Leicester um, have the exact same kind of thing with Ndidi. Yeah. Who have you gone for in the holding mid position? I'm interested. Uh, well, I've actually gone with um, Suchek from West Ham. Um, oh, that's a good shout. Yeah, I think yeah, I think sometimes he plays a bit of a box to box, but he could definitely play holding midfield. And yeah. I kind of wanted someone who's got a lot of kind of aerial ability who can just kind of sit there and you know hold the line and kind of allow the the two players in front of him to play. Again, I yeah. think he's great on set pieces. Gives you another kind of advantage there. And um, yeah, I think he's just been a really good midfielder this year. Yeah, I think he's been one of West Ham's best players this season, if not their best. Um, he, he's really looked solid. I know at the beginning of the season, we had a bit of a worry about West Ham. They didn't get off to the greatest of starts, but now they're, you know, a win tonight takes them into the top four. Um, they've really turned it around despite these um, goings on in the sort of yeah, the off the, off the pitch of the club. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, like I think you're right again. Um, and I, I can't. I wanted to include someone from West Ham just to be a testament to how well they've kind of done this year. And I think yeah. in this midfield, he's kind of perfectly suited for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he would work well in the three. Um, but who have you got pairing him in that midfield? Um, I have a feeling we might have the same players because I, I think they're probably two of the best players in the league and the world. So I'll get them both out now. Um, I've gone with uh, Bruno Fernandes and uh, Kevin De Bruyne to play in front yeah. of him. I've gone for exactly the same. I, I don't think you can argue either of those two. Yeah, I think we both put them in our um, World Eleven as well. So it'd be yeah. a, bit, a bit strange to not uh, include them for this. Um, yeah. You know, you've got two incredible playmakers, both able to score goals as well. You know, we a lot of people look talk about having a 20-goal striker being key to a title-challenging side, but you know having midfielders who are so creative and can also score as well can you know, almost negate that need if they're as prolific as these two are. Yeah, um, absolutely brilliant players. And I think they're both quite hard-working as well off the ball, so you kind of yeah. have that to them, their all-round game. Like you said, people talk about 20-goal-a-season strikers. Well, if you've got a midfielder that can give you 20, 25 assists, you know, you've got that there as well. If it's yeah. just a different kind of form of it. And yeah. yeah, I think they're two of the best players in the world. And I think they should be in everyone's team. Yeah. And I think these two, I think De Bruyne can, I think he's currently out injured. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. 
But when he comes back from injury, if he can stay fit for the last sort of eight to ten games of the Premier League season, and Man City probably even just get to the final of the Champions League, and maybe pick up a league. They're still in the League Cup, I think. Well, they're in the final, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, against Spurs. And the FA Cup, I think they just got to win one of those trophies. They've probably got the Premier League to the final of the Champions League. And that'll win De Bruyne in probably Player of the Year, but for the Premier for English football, but it's really tricky. Who would you go for Player of the Year if you had to pick now? Um, it is tricky. I think if you're looking at you know just performances and you kind of take the trophies out of it, I'd probably say Bruno Fernandez right now. Um, so I just think he's brilliant. I he gets so many goals, so many assists, and I mean he turned yeah. Manchester United into a title challenge pretty much on his own um, yeah because the rest of the squad is nowhere near his level but um, yeah. i think at the end of the season you know if man city do win the league if they win the fa cup if they win the league cup as well um it's, it's going to be difficult to look past kevin de bruyne i think yeah i mean actually i've been mean, figuring it right now you know uh, gundogan could, <laughs> could be playing this yeah. season if he keeps playing as well as he's played i yeah, think anyone he... would have thought that at the start of the year Almost has to be an honourable mention of the way he's playing at the moment. I think he's got something like 10 goals in his last seven games or something like that. Yeah, he's been on an unbelievable run of form. And it's good to see because he's had um, issues with injuries and has maybe not been quite the player people thought he was. But he's really showing how good he can be. Do you you think this is, just on while we're on the subject of Gundogan, we'll come back to uh, Fernandes and De Bruyne just a little bit, but do you think this is a case of a good player having a sensational run of form, or do you think it's a case of he is a sensational player who's got unlucky with injuries and we're now seeing the best of him? I think uh, probably the latter. You know, I think he's shown, okay, maybe he's not got this kind of goal uh, contributions before, He's definitely shown that he's a really top quality player. And I think it's kind of like the perfect storm for him where he's managed to get fit. You know, De Bruyne is injured, so he's definitely getting a run in the team where he's kind of the main man right now. I think everything's just kind of playing into his favour. And um, yeah. I think, yeah, like I said, everything's just kind of going for him right now. And yeah. uh, maybe, you know, he'll drop off a little bit. But I think with how good Man City are, it doesn't really matter. You know, if he can just chip in a little bit for the rest of the season. He's still yeah. going to be a really good performer for them. Can't take a penalty though, can he? <laughs> oh, it seems like no Man City player can take a penalty against Liverpool. They always seem to end yeah. up, you know, nearly out of the stand. Yeah, well, I mean, the less we talk about that game, the better. Oh <laughs> uh, well, as we, you know, we've talked about De Bruyne and Fernandez being sensational creators. Do you think they could create for your front three? And if so, who's your first member of your attacking trio? Well, I'll start with the left wing. Um, kind of alluded to, I might have a player from Aston Villa uh, when you talked about the goalkeeper. But um, yep. I've gone with uh, Jack Grealish to come sort of play inside left. I think he's, you know, he's just a fantastic player. Really shown everyone. Yep. And, you know, he's kind of proved me wrong as well. Like, you know, I thought he was a good player, but he's really taken his game to the next level. And I think he's just top quality. And, you know, playing for a team outside of traditional kind of top six, he's doing brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, I think Grealish has probably been one of the best 
uh, English players in the league, and you know, it's not he's not doing it in a star-studded team either, which yeah, yeah. you know just points to his level in the same way that Fernandez has made Man United look a different team. Grealish has a similar effect on Villa when Grealish is really on it. The whole Villa team looks better. Yeah, definitely. He's a real kind of catalyst for them. And, uh, yeah. you know, even though I put him on the left wing, you know, he can play number 10, he'll probably do a job as a number eight. You know, he's very versatile as well. Yeah. It, it's amazing to see how he's done. And, you know, if he if he doesn't get a starting role for England in the Euros this summer, I. Th- Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I think they've got to find a way to get him in. Like I yeah. said, you know, sure, you can play Sterling on the left, but get Grealish in at number 10 then, you know. Yeah, it would be a, it'd just be brilliant to have him in the, starting in the England line. He offers something different to Mason Mount, but I'm not going to try and hate on Mason too much. <laughs> well, at least if you do, don't let Southgate hear you. No. <laughs> um, but for left wing, I've gone for in much the same way that you picked Sushek. I think that a West Ham player deserves to be in here. Um, I've gone for side Ben Rama. Interesting. Um, I've gone for as he's partly because West Ham you know, been sensational. He's not been amazing. Yeah. But as a support player, I think in attacking, if you think of it as an almost attacking five with the Fernandez and um, De Bruyne from the midfield, I think he's made some intelligent runs. Um, he's a skillful player. We saw that from his time at Brentford, um, where he frankly treated the championship like a playground. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, I think he could. He's got a lot more to give, and a lot. You know, he's just still really looking settled now, and he's not going to provide the numbers of someone like Mane or Sterling on the left. But I think he is more than talented enough to hold his own in the squad there. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think he's definitely a good player. Um, yeah. I, I. You know, I prefer Grealish, but like I said, kind of the the fun of doing these kind of elevens is. You know, you couldn't pick Grealish because you had, you know, Martinez in goal. And, yeah. you know, I couldn't pick Ben Rama because I had Suchek. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I do think he's a good player. I think I think you're quite right to say he's got more to give. And I think, yeah. you know, in the second half of the season, we might see a bit more in product for him. And yeah. over the next couple of years, I think he could get a lot better. Yeah, I mean, we've already seen that some flashes of his quality. You know, he's sprayed some wonderful balls in the build-up for West Ham goals. Like I say, his attacking runs are brilliant. I, th- I think some of his runs are really intelligent. Some of them are a bit of a damp squib, but that's the same with every player. So I would, yeah, I'm would be happy with him in my team. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I think do most West player. Ham supporters are. Most West Ham supporters are. I don't think they're that worried. At the moment, you know, as they were at the beginning of the season, and you know, for West Ham fans, hopefully they continue it on tonight. For me, as a Liverpool fan, please don't. <laughs> Top four is all I've got left. <laughs> you might not have that come the end no. of the season. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Um, well, who have you gone um, up front then to play as your kind of number nine? Uh, number nine, you can't look past Harry Kane. I really don't think you can pick look past him. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. Particularly this season, his goals are ridiculous. You know, his we all know his finishing ability is insane. He just, he rarely misses the target, but this season he's shown 
a willingness and almost a natural ability to drop deep, pick up the ball and create from a deeper position. Um, and that is, I think, vital for any top, top level strikers to be able to create as well as score. Because it's, you know, the 4-3-3 is becoming a more prominent formation as well as the use of attacking wing-backs in like 3-5-2s. So having a striker who can hold up the ball and bring those players into attack is really important. Yeah, especially with, you know, not that many teams playing, you know, a traditional number 10 now in behind the striker. To have a, you know, a number 9 that can kind of drop into that and play those balls like Kane's, you know, a master of. I think, like, you're quite right to say, I don't think you can put anyone else above him right now. You know, even yeah. if you wanted to put, you know, a son in, you know, out maybe on the left wing, I just don't think you can look past Kane. He's yeah. the perfect all-round striker for me. Yeah, the the only player who would stand a Charno would not taking into considering into consideration fitness. The only player who would stand a chance, I think, to get near him is Aguero. Um, but that means you can't have De Bruyne. So when you can have Kane. You keep De Bruyne in a team like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, can you imagine them all playing in the same team as well? How good that team would be! Unbelievable. That would, yeah. I mean, you look at these teams on paper and you do think that would be frightening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so round off your team then. Who have you gone to play on the right? On the right, I've gone for. I kind of feel like I've taken someone who can play there rather than it's his natural position. But I've gone for Wilfred Zaha from Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, I've actually I've gone with Zaha as well. Um, again, I think you're right. He, you know, he probably plays more as a left winger, even a striker now these days. But yeah. I think he could definitely do a job on the right wing. Yeah, I, I personally, I think more so in attack rather than defence. But if you're a left mid, left wing player, you should be comfortable on the opposite flank. The role is in essence exactly the same it's just that you your stronger foot is either well the way wingers play now your stronger foot takes you outside the man rather than cutting in um it's and zaha's a talented player we know that he's i think he's the most talented player at crystal palace by a mile yeah um he should be at a bigger team that's probably a top six team maybe top eight so maybe someone like arsenal who will probably be in the top eight but um, come the end of the season, he should be a side like that. He's, you know, he's an incredibly talented player, gifted dribbler, can be a really good finisher on his day. Um, that's the only issue I'd have with him is sometimes can be a little bit inconsistent. But then when you're a team star man and you're getting the shit kicked out of you, that's probably understandable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been linked to Arsenal a number of times. Um, I think he is actually an Arsenal fan, so it would make sense for him to go there. Um, yeah. He's also been linked to Dortmund quite a few times. And yeah. I mean, we say every season, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him actually get that move and you know play you know in in European football because I think that's what he deserves. And yeah. again, he's got that versatility where he can play on a, play on the left, play on the right. And I think in my team, you know, having him on the right and Grealish on the left. There's probably a lot of kind of interchanging those two can do, and it could be could yeah. be quite a fluid system with them. Yeah, I, I'm. I like Zaha. I really do like him. Um, I think he's a top player. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I, get, I think I think he fits quite well in a team like this. Um, 
well, obviously he does. I needed someone from a different team, but <laughs> you know, I think any Premier League team would be excited to have Zaha in their lineup. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you want to just run through your eleven again now, all at once? Yeah. So goalkeeper, we have Emmy Martinez from Aston Villa. Right back, Tarek Lamptey from Brighton. Centre backs, we have Van Dijk from Liverpool and Gabriel from Arsenal. At left back, we have Digne from Everton. Three centre mids are Wilfred and Didi from Leicester, Bruno Fernandes from Manchester United, and Kevin De Bruyne from Manchester City. And the front three is Wilfred Zaha on the right, Harry Kane through the middle, and side Ben Rama finishing it off on the left. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we've both got um, you know two good solid teams. I think. Yeah. Um, I've gone with you know Nick Pope from Burnley in goal, Reese James from Chelsea at right back. Fofana from Leicester at centre-back, partnered by Virgil van Dijk, obviously from Liverpool. Uh, Luca Digne from Everton as my kind of left wing-back. Uh, Suchek from West Ham at the defensive midfielder spot. In front of him, I've gone with Bruno Fernandes and Kevin De Bruyne from the two Manchester clubs. Off the left, I've got um, Jack Grealish from Aston Villa. Off the right, I've got Zaha from Palace. And like you, up front, I've got Harry Kane from Spurs. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think they're two strong sides. I think you know. I think you've, I think yours is probably stronger. I would be. I was going to ask you uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I think yours is stronger. I look at mine. And I think that perhaps Tarek Lamptey and would be the weakness. Um, and side Ben Rama maybe if he were to take his current form. But yeah, I, I think yours is probably a stronger overall team. Yeah, I was gonna say that, like I was gonna say, you know, if we put these teams up against each other, obviously that's impossible for a number of reasons. Um yeah. but um I think my team's maybe got me a bit more balance and could kind of I think bully a lot of teams with you know, the def- yeah. definitely the defence. I would not want to play against that defence at all. <laughs> no, no, certainly not. I think I think yeah, as you say, yours is probably a better balance. Mine might be a case of, well, I hope we're going to outscore you because we might be in a bit of trouble else. Yeah, I think of your team as well. I think you've got, you know, Lamptey and Benarama, who are players that I think in two or three years could definitely be up there, though. I think you've maybe yeah. got some players that could get a lot better, where I think a lot of mine are kind of players that are at their peak. Yeah, or, you know, playing at... Could like someone like Suchek still reasonably young? I think he's going to get even better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a good a balance scary of thought. that experience and that kind of upcoming players. But um, yeah, no, two good teams, and I think it's always yeah. fun to kind of look at the teams outside of you know we would say the traditional top six doesn't really mean yeah. anything anymore. But you know, give a lot of credit to the players at West Ham and Villa and Zaha yeah. at Palace. Of the teams you have remaining, though. Which manager are you picking? Yeah, that that is an interesting one. Your team, because I I left myself a rather simple choice here. I've, I'm taking Thomas Tuchel from Chelsea. Yeah. Um. Well, to be fair, looking at the attributes of a lot of my players, I think I'd go with Jurgen Klopp. I know Liverpool aren't having a great season, but I think. But you could... have a Liverpool player. You can't pick him. <laughs> oh, of course I can't. Can I? Oh. Um. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I forgot about the the whole point of the list. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, God, who who what managers have I got left? Um, I've so, got I've got Graham Potter from Brighton. Do I do, do I want to go with him? 
Am I that much of a football hipster? Um, I don't know. Who's, who's Ralph left? Ha you got Hassan Hootle from Southampton. Yeah, yeah. As you say, you've got also got uh, Chris Wilder. I feel like Chris Wilder can only play three at the back, though. You yeah, know I mean, like, he's got one system, and if you don't play that, you're, you're done for. Yeah. Um, now, for me, I think I'd have to go with... Um, thinking about it now, because I kind of forgot about him. I think Hassan Hutu would be good. Yeah. Um, massively overachieved with Southampton. And definitely, I think... You know, he isn't the same kind of manager as Klopp, but I think he definitely gets the most out of his players. I think yep. if you give him that kind of squad, he would do really well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hassan Hutu. I know that Southampton are on a terrible run of form at the moment. I think they've lost six in a row now. Yeah, um, still having a good season there. Yeah, still having a good season, considering that they looked really ropey at times. And, you know, as you say, for the quality of player at Southampton, they are still overachieving. So, yeah. It was kind of interesting, though, that I don't think either of us had a Southampton player in our 11. Um, if you had to take someone, who, who would it be? Uh, Ward Prowse. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. shot. I, I guess if you I wanted to... I think what he'd offer. Yeah, because you could maybe then take... Yeah, I know I know you probably wouldn't, but if you had to have a Southampton player, you could maybe take, I don't know, Kevin De Bruyne out, put Ward Prowse in and put Sterling on the left wing, something like that. Yeah. Um, or perhaps even drop to a four four two and drop Ben Rama. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what what Ward Prowse brings, particularly from set pieces, um, I, th I think in terms of set pieces, I think he might be even be better than Fernandez and De Bruyne. So certainly this season, his accuracy from set pieces has been insane. Yeah, he's certainly, I think, probably the most consistent from set pieces. Yeah. Yeah, um, certainly. I think I definitely consider him. Uh, maybe the their centre back. Um, what's his, the really tall one? Vestergaard. Uh, yes. Yeah. I I might consider him instead of maybe Fofana and then I don't know. I don't know who I take from Leicester, but I think he's definitely been a, a solid player for them. Yeah. But as always, we will be on Twitter to talk about this. Uh, please do let us know your teams. Do you disagree with any of our picks, or do you just? Well, do you agree with our teams? Do let us know. Uh, as we said before, the Twitter handle will be in the description of this podcast. So as we move on to the next segment of our show, we're looking forward to European football because the Champions League is returning tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I was the only one that, that completely caught off guard. Um, but yeah, it definitely surprised me, but um, it's good to have it back. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, there's been so much football this this year, isn't there, that it's almost, you don't notice when the one set of matches goes because it's still pretty regular. There's always football. It seems to be Premier League, Premier League, Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup, Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup, Internationals, Premier League. And then you fit the Champions League somewhere in between. So, you know, it's, it's great to have it back, but it does raise the question, do we need it at the moment? Yeah, there's definitely a risk of an overdose on football, uh, if, if such yeah. a thing is possible. Um, yeah, we're going to find out, I think. Yeah, if, if there ever could be an overdose, it will definitely be this season. Um, yeah. No, it, it should be good. There's some really interesting games coming up, I think. 
Yeah, so what we thought we'd do is we'll look forward to the first round of last 16 fixtures, this is the four games that are taking place across tomorrow and Wednesday. And we're going to try and predict who's going to go through because they are two-legged affairs. Um, and we're just going to try and predict the winners. It's you know We can try and sit here and predict the scores for each one, but you know that's stretching it out a bit. I think we know what to expect from all of these teams but at this point in the season. So I think that's fair to say, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, so we'll look forward to first tomorrow, the first game, probably the biggest one of this week's game. It's called Barcelona versus PSG. Yeah, obviously, that is going to um, be a tough one. last season's finalists um, against a team that kind of got humiliated, you know, in Barcelona. And I think, yeah. as you started to say there before I cut you off, um, <laughs> it, it could be a very tough, tight game for both teams. Yeah, I think PSG are going to be without Neymar. He is out injured for a month. Um, they're currently sat third in their league, I believe. You know, they've got a new manager in Pochettino as well, who's still, I imagine, still probably imp implementing his system. They won't quite have it cracked yet. But against the Barca side, which, you know, their star player doesn't really give a shit. And it's certainly weakened in terms of player quality. Yeah, yeah, you could say that, although... Barcelona seem to have kind of turned the corner a little bit. I think they're on a quite a good winning run. They've definitely won at least the last five games, maybe more than that. Um, again, you know, they're, I think they're third in the Liga right now. Um, yeah. Obviously, Atletico Madrid having a crazy season at the top. But, um, you know, Barcelona, I know you said he doesn't want to be there. But they still do have Messi and yeah. PSG don't have Neymar. So I think it's definitely, that could be the kind of deciding factor, I think. Yeah, it's, Barca, I think, they still have the potential to play well, but they have got an old squad. I think Barca are in danger of doing what United did when Ferguson left, where they held on to these players who were at their prime two to three years ago. And they tried to keep them in the side. And that's kind of, I think, almost what undid United is when Ferguson left, he also left behind a squad that needed revamping. But they just didn't quite have the money there to do it or refused to spend the money. And that's what I think we're seeing with Barca at the moment. When I actually think that that might, against a youthful attacking PSG side, might be the undoing. I, I think I'm going for PSG with this one. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm actually going to go with Barcelona. Um, I think PSG are just, you know, missing Neymar, who's such a huge player for them, aren't in the best of form in the league. And I think it might just come down to current form and kind of momentum. I think that's a really big thing in these fixtures. I think Barcelona just, they're not back to their best, but they're a lot better than they were, you know, earlier in the season and definitely last year. And I think, you know, PSG, I know they made the final last year, but they don't have great history in the Champions League. And I, I just, whenever I think of Barcelona and PSG, I think of that crazy game um, a couple of years ago, ironically, when Neymar was playing for Barcelona, where I think PSG yeah. blew like a, a four-goal lead or something like that. And yeah, yeah for me, I just, I don't know. I, I fancy Barcelona for this. I think Messi's probably going to leave in the summer. I think he might want to leave... You know, I mean, I don't think they'll win the Champions League, but I think he's going to do everything he can to have a big send-off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, Messi scored two screamers at the weekend. Um, yeah. And anyone who says 
Messi is past it is a lunatic. His, his Messi's off season is better than most players on an odd season. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's still brilliant, uh, and like you said, he's in good form. He scored two amazing goals, and yeah, just, and I think because you know Neymar's missing, I think that might just be the difference between the two teams. Mm. Yeah, I will have to see if a Apache Barca side at the moment versus a strong PSG side, but minus their star player. You know, we can't discount the fact they still got Mbappe. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I don't think it's going to be you know four nil Barcelona. I think he is going to be one or two goals in it. I just think you know current form Barcelona will take it. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll move on then to the next game, which is going to be Red Bull Leipzig versus Liverpool. Uh, I don't want to predict this one because it hurt much to say. Yeah, um, well, I'll say it for you then. Uh, I think Leipzig are going to beat Liverpool across two legs. Um, Liverpool, as we all know, are not having a good season. A lot of injuries and just don't look up for it. Um, and Leipzig obviously did really well last season, are doing just as well in the Bundesliga this year. I think they're second. They're only, you know, a couple points behind Bayern Munich, who are probably the best team in the world. So I think, you know, it's going to be really tricky for Liverpool, and I can only really see Leipzig getting through. Yeah, I, I mean, as much as it has, I have to agree with you. Uh, Liverpool in a rough patch, real rough patch of form at the moment. Um, sign some of the signings we have made just aren't working, and I mean that when I say Thiago, it's not working. You know, we can sit there and say that, you know, there's instances where Tiara's played a brilliant ball and someone's not pulled the trigger. Uh, one from a set piece to Firmino. If Firmino hits it the first time, it's a goal. But he takes a touch and the keeper gets to it. Um, but we can't sit there and just blame the rest of the team not being up to Tiago's standard. At the end of the day, it just doesn't quite fit the system. Um, yeah, also, I, think, it, I mean, I think as well, it's hard to really judge Tiago considering how much change has been in that midfield. You know, I think if Thiago's playing in a midfield, he's got Fabinho sat directly behind him, you know, doing more of the defensive work rather than either being at centre-back or being injured now. I think we see a different Thiago and a different Liverpool. Um, yeah. I do agree that I don't think he's perfect for that system, but I think Liverpool probably do need to adapt if they want to challenge consistently for a number of years. I think they're kind of showing yeah. that playing this kind of rock and roll football i think klopp used to call it isn't yeah. sustainable over four or five years yeah it's you know that that amount of work on the player's body is obviously going to take a toll and that's perhaps why we're seeing injuries at the moment you know and so many of them um yeah i, I think it's going to be unanimous on that it's going to be leipzig i i, I think there might be a case that leipzig maybe liverpool put more up more of a fight in the second leg, but certainly at the moment with the form that Liverpool are on, no, this they could finish it in one leg if they wanted to. Yeah, I think even you know, you know, you think of the great European nights at Anfield. You know, there's not going to be any fans in there. Liverpool's form at Anfield has massively dropped off, and he, I mean, yeah. even last season, you know, Atletico Madrid did a bit of a job on Liverpool and beat them. So yeah. I think it's just, it's just such a tricky tie for them, and like you said, I think we both agree that going to be Leipzig yeah uh, we'll move on then to Porto versus Juventus um, and I'm going to call this one straight away as Juventus I don't think Porto have the quality to beat Juventus 
yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think most people would agree with that. Porto are a decent team, but um, definitely one of the weaker sides in the Champions League. And Juventus have Ronaldo, which is a, a big change yeah. for, for any team and a, a huge boost for them. And I think, you know, he's, I know he's not coming to the end of his career. He's got a good few years left in him. I think yeah. he definitely wants to go and win a Champions League. And we've seen it a number of times where he can just carry a team by himself. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the same thing with Ronaldo as it is with uh, Messi. A bad season for Ronaldo is better than most players' best season. So coming up against him, I would be scared if I was playing for Paul. So Paul are a team with good European uh, history. You know, they, They've won the Champions League before, but yeah, I don't see them getting past Juventus. It would be a shock to me if they did. Yeah, and I mean Juventus. You know, even though they're having you know a a weaker season than they normally do, um, I still think they're a very good team. And I think with the kind of financial power they have behind them, it's going to be difficult for a team like Porto to kind of compete with them. Yeah, yeah, and again, another you know unanimous decision between the two of us. So we will then move on to a game which I actually think is an interesting one: be Sevilla versus Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, I think that is maybe the most entertaining tie in the round outside of Barcelona PSG. I think it's, you know, definitely going to be interesting and quite tight. Um, who have you gone for? I'm going to go for Sevilla. Yeah, um, I, I actually agree with you. Um, I think Sevilla are a good team, doing well in the Liga, obviously won the Europa League last season, and Dortmund yeah. are not having a good season. I think they're down to sixth now in the Bundesliga. And yep. they're just underperforming. And I think Sevilla, yep. I think they like playing in Europe. You know, they've shown it in the Europa League. Can they show yep. it in the Champions League? And I think on current form, they probably will. Yeah, I mean, they regularly, they were one of the, obviously the strong, one of the strongest teams in the Europa League. Obviously, they won it. They've won it multiple times. And they've just struggled uh, in the Champions League for a couple of seasons. But this season, they've just met, I think they've made the right additions to their team. And some of their players are really starting to perform to the best of their ability. And yeah, uh, against a struggling Dortmund side um, who aren't playing up to their potential, despite the fact that. Erling Braut Haaland is still firing. Um, I think other key players aren't performing as well as they should be, and I think that'll harm Dortmund across two legs, especially. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um, you know, on like a balance of the two teams, I think Sevilla should win it, but it could be a case where someone like Haaland just pulls out a you know an incredible individual performance to take them through. But um, I think if that doesn't happen. I think it's definitely going to be severe going through. Yeah. Well, we'll move on then after a pretty unanimous decision on this week's Champions League fixtures, apart from one game. We'll move on to the Premier League. Um, we're starting off on Saturday with the Merseyside derby. Yeah. Um, at Anfield, obviously, the last Merseyside derby was where Liverpool's season really started to go wrong, you know, with the Van Dijk injury. Um, yeah. How do you think this is going to go? Obviously, Liverpool not in good form. Do you think they'll turn it around on Derby Day? I think the Liverpool players will be up for it. Um, I think they're up for every Derby match. Um, it's at home, and I I can't see us losing four. 
Um, you know, against Leicester, Liverpool looked really good for 65 minutes, and yeah. then they fell apart, um, which I can't quite believe that they did. Um, so I I don't see them losing four in a row. I think it'll be tight, but I'm going to call 2-1 to Liverpool on this one. Yeah, um, you know, I agree with everything you said. You know, Liverpool do have a great record on Derby Day. Um, and I think, like you said, they did play really well against Leicester until like the mistakes started to come and they started to give a couple of goals away. I know Everton, definitely a solid side, but uh, I think there might be a bit of a goal fest. You know, I don't trust that Liverpool defence, but I do like the Liverpool attack again. You know, I think it could be a bit of a crazy derby day and I've gone for Liverpool to beat Everton uh, by three goals to two. So the three goals to two? So, yeah, it's... That's an interesting tight. one. I think it's going to yeah. be tight. It's only going to be a goal in it, but I think it just might go a bit crazy. You know, I definitely pack Everton to get one or two goals against Liverpool. And I think on Derby Day, Liverpool will try and really go at it. And I think they could get a couple of goals themselves. Yeah. Where do you think the Everton mistakes are going to come from then? Because Ever- I don't think know, they'll necessarily it- be mistakes for Everton. I think just, I think Mo Salah is actually having a good season. I think his quality might just sh- shine through. I think while Everton are solid, they're more solid from a, a tactical point of view. I think the actual quality of their defenders um, aren't that great. I know uh, you know some of them are really good, but I think I could definitely see Liverpool scoring goals. And yeah, it's just more fun to not go for like one nil or you know the same score lines to go for every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that, but we will move on to Sunday's game, another big game between two members of the traditional Big Six, I just suppose, certainly in more recent times. We've got Arsenal versus Manchester City, uh, which the way Man City are playing at the moment, I'm going to call it, oh, this goes one way, I think it's 3-0 to City. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I completely agree. Um, I've gone with 3-0 to City as well. Um, you know, Arsenal have definitely improved lately, and are getting better and they're out of a larger project but it's hard to go against Man City yeah yeah the the way they're playing at the moment you know you know De Bruyne goes out injured and then Gundogan steps up and becomes a free scoring midfielder Phil Foden is playing ridiculously well they've got Ruben Diaz, John Stones, I'm Eric Laporte at the back who are all, all you know probably the top three centre-halves who are fit and playing in the league at the moment. Um, Jao Cancelo in playing incredible wherever he plays. It's, and then, you know, you've got Sterling, uh, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez. Just so strong in depth. I think that'll overwhelm Arsenal. Yeah, and I, I think City have got a good record against Arsenal. Um, yeah. I think at, at, you know, Arsenal Stadium as well. They tend to do well, even though they're the away team. So, yeah, I think... Man City will have a good day. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think anyone can stop City, and I agree with you. It would be a very good day for City. I think it's going to be a tough watch for Arsenal fans. I know they've got Aubameyang back, and he, he did score his first Premier League hat trick at the weekend. But yeah, I I don't think it it would get much of a look in against uh, Man City. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. 
yeah. Well, we'll have to look forward to those games at the weekend, but until then, do keep yourselves safe. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.